Acts chapter 12, verse 31. Basse Korinde chapter 12, verse 31. Ofunde Gaganje. Kepa Zondelelani Izipiwo Ezingulu. Kanti Sengini Kombi Sindela. Eyona Iyinze Gakulu. Amen. Gamanya Mazu. In other words, Zondelelani. Desire for the greatest gifts. Uh-huh. You must desire, earnestly desire. Desire. But which is the helpful gift of the greatest The Bible says, earnestly desire for the greatest gift. But which gift is regarded as the greatest? It's the gift of prophecy. What does it mean? Prophetic ministry. It means that it's not for certain people. But it's for those who are desiring But it's for those who are hungry for it. It's for those who are thirsty for it. Also for those who are longing for it. As you are here today, it means that you want this ministry. You wouldn't have paid your money. You wouldn't have left your things if you are not longing for this ministry. May God have an encounter with you and grant you. Is the church with you? May God have an encounter with you. May He give you this ministry because you earnestly desire it. You want it. I said chapter 14, verse 39. Let us go to chapter 14, verse 39. It says one and the same thing, almost. Amen. Earnestly desire to prophesy. Do not restrict it. Speaking in tongues. In other words, whenever I speak in tongues, it means that I have a great opportunity to learn a prophesying. Do you hear me? Whenever I speak in tongues, I mean, I have a greater chance to be able to prophesy. It's just that you know what we often do. We speak in tongues, we pray non-stop, and then we go. You should speak in tongues after speaking in tongues and then speak in your vernacular. You'll find that what you were saying in tongues when you go back to your vernacular it would mean the very same thing which you had said in tongues. Do you hear me? It's so often that whenever you speak in tongues and also speak in your vernacular, the moment you speak in your vernacular, it means that you, you translate what you are speaking through your spirit, even though you may not be aware, but you are interpreting it. You are interpreting your own tongue. You should do it. When you are anxious about something, go straight into your room and speak in tongues. After speaking in tongues, and then speak in your vernacular. The moment you speak in your vernacular, it means that you are translating exactly what you spoke in spirit. You'll be interpreting your own tongues. 
But when we go deeper with the modules, I'm going to explain on how it happens, which is why Paul says, I'm going to speak in the spirit and also speak I'm going to speak in the spirit and also use my When I speak with my spirit, I speak the mysteries. But when I speak with my vernacular, I am unfolding the mystery. When somebody is asking for prayer and you don't know what to pray for, just speak in tongues. The moment you speak in tongues, when you go back to your vernacular, you will understand and go directly to his or her problem. Is the church with me? So, so the moment you are able to strike the balance it becomes very easy for you to be regarded as a prophetic person is the church with me I said that I should just make it simple so that we be able to receive it and understand it because this ministry it's very dangerous if one does not understand it it can destroy marriages it can split churches. There's a problem that happened with the It was caused by somebody who When the leadership has already ordained somebody then somebody came up with the prophecy and said, God is anointed So the church split it. Do you understand me? Which is why in the Old Testament there was a school of prophets where prophets were being trained so that they would not miss the mark. Do you hear me? Do you see what I mean? There was a prophetic school I remember when Elijah was with Elijah. He visited all the school of the prophets which he was in contact with. Some of them. Some of them was in Jordan. Some of them was in Gilgal. I can't recall the other places. Another one was in Jericho. Those were different schools of prophets. Do you know what happened there? Whenever he has come to a certain school of the prophets, Elisha will uh, consult Elisha. the dignities and Elisha Elisha would spend yes, time with the sons of the prophets. You know what the sons of the prophets would say? I figured also Elisha. They will pull Elisha, Elisha. and say, Elisha, do you know that the spirit has revealed that your master is about to die? Then Elisha said, keep quiet. I know, so keep quiet. Just imagine. Wherever he goes, they were confirming what he already knew. Not that they were telling him something which he did not know. But they asked him, do you know that Elijah is about to go to heaven? Then he said to them, keep quiet. Keep quiet. 
I know already. There is something that I want from him. I don't want him to go. I want him to leave his mental. So it calls for me to be close to him and live with him wherever he goes. When he went to Jordan, even in Jordan, when he went to Jordan, when he told them that I'm going out, when Elisha was busy speaking with the son of the prophet, they said, do you know that your master is about to die? He said, yes, I, I'm aware of it. I'm aware of it. So keep quiet. What would you say if somebody were to tell you that well, you know that you're about oh, to be yeah, You'd be like, oh, really? Because of a connection you need to say thank you so much. It's just a confirmation. God has already told me, so what you are telling me is a confirmation. Nobody should have a right to tell you that you marry so and so. But you must tell them that I know and wait for the wedding day. So now we are hitting off by surprise. But since we have this school, many things will be unfolded. Is the church with me? So the prophetic ministry reveals all the hidden and mysterious things. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, verse 7, so, the prophetic, the prophetic ministry reveals the hidden things or the will of God. In other words, when you have the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit has given you the gift of prophecy, it is to reveal the spirit. It is to reveal the spiritual things so that you'll help others. I once read a book by Kim Clement. She, she's one of the prophets born and bred in South Africa, but she has relocated to America. When she was preaching, the Holy Spirit showed her that this businessman is molesting young boys while she was still preaching. Kim Clement, she stood up. She approached this man. He continued with his sermon, but he pat this businessman on the shoulder he, and he looked at him. By doing that, the man was convicted in his heart. He knew that his sin has been exposed. He fell on his knees and he cried. And he repented. And Kim Clement prayed for him and he was delivered. 
If it was somebody who was not well mannered, we would have said even though you may, you may be rich and have businesses, but you are busy molesting young boys. God is going to strike you. God is going to strike you. God has revealed this to us. I can see that God is about to strike him. How does it help him? Maybe he was doing this thing. He was also guilty. It's just that he has an evil spirit controlling and pushing so him. So you must set him free from this wicked spirit. So now we need prophets who be well-mended and taught. They should be wise. There is somebody who once made a mistake one day. This person didn't know that she was making a mistake. There was a family and they were busy praying for children. They, they had been married for seven years and they couldn't bear children. Then the brethren came for prayer. And then the Lord revealed mysteries. He pointed it back in the past. Said saints, they, they, there has to be some repentance here. Before your wife got married, she had an abortion. So she's not going to conceive. So she has to repent from her transgression. Then the husband was like, he was really angry. Said, I'm married with you. You are hiding such a great thing. The man went and left this woman. The very thing which was supposed to build this family. But it destroyed this family which I'm talking about. This family was scattered into pieces because of a child. I'm not talking about a biological child. But I'm talking about an immature person who didn't know how to deliver the prophecy. He was, she was supposed to take this woman and say, God has revealed this to me. Or oh, come back on another day. Or say there is something that happened in the past. God wants to heal you. He knows this tragic thing that took place in the past. So can we please pray for your healing? When you prayed for that woman, because when we pray for people and lay hands over them, the Bible says even though they had committed sins, they shall be forgiven. So the moment you lay your hands, there's a power in the laying of hands, not to mention if you put it together with prophecy, all the strongholds will be broken. All sins are forgiven. So now the family split in pieces because of people who were immature in the Lord. God reveals Himself. It's all by grace for us to receive this prophetic ministry. Because God in Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, call unto me. He didn't say that, dear prophet, call unto me. But he said, call me. I will answer you. Whom am I going to answer to? Even though he was addressing Jeremiah. But we believe that God was talking to us too. Because Jeremiah is long dead. He said, 
call me, I will answer you. I will tell you great things. What does it mean for one to be told great things? It means that I'm going to tell you your future and also tell you about your past. See, all the deeper things that were done by your forefathers as you are not prosperous, as people are failing to keep their marriages, as things are not coming together. So I'm going to reveal to you great and hidden things which you do not know so that you'll deal with them for your life to move forward. So in other words, prophetic ministry is grace. When we call God, he reveals himself. We don't command him and say, reveal yourself now. He said, call me and I will answer In other words, if you don't call me, he is not going to answer us. In other words, he has put it all on us to move nigh to him so that he may draw nigh to us. In other words, God is also giving us some responsibility and say, church, draw nigh to me. The moment you draw near to me, I'm also going to draw nigh to you. Call me so that I'll answer you. Knock so that I'll open for you. Seek so that you'll find. Do you see what I mean? God has put it all on us. Whether we want it or not. Do you know that there are people who are gifted in such a way that God just revealed things to them? But if God doesn't reveal things to us, he's, he has told us to call him. And he has promised that he, he will answer us. Do you think that God would keep quiet when you are calling him? He wouldn't say a word. Just like in a case. Sometimes I'll see Jesus standing over here. Then I'll ask somebody and say, do you hear what Jesus is saying to you? They'll be like, no, Jesus didn't say anything to me. Then I'll tell them that I can hear him. I can see that he's talking. But it depends on the sensitivity of your hearing. It happens when Jesus will speak and then you'll be able to hear him, he will show up and you won't be able to see him. The problem is not with Jesus, but the problem lies with you. So you need to ask him and say, open my eyes, Lord, open my ears, Lord. I want to hear you. The Bible says, who have an ear must hear what the Spirit is saying. Whenever you face challenges, do you think that God did not say anything in advance. One day, I'm going to explain to you different means of communication. Different ways of communication. So that you won't mourn over. But the fact is that I can't hear God. I've never heard him. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The Bible says, it says, who can know the things of one man if that person does not have that man's spirit? In other words, there are things of God which God wants to reveal to hey, us. Those things are hidden. But we can only know them through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We will only know them 
by the Holy Spirit. Another scripture in Jeremiah 29 verse 11. The point the devil does not like the prophetic. He's revealing it. He doesn't like it. Why he doesn't like it? He will raise the spirit of Jezebel to kill all the prophets. So as to block any voice of the prophet. It is why Elijah cried one day. Said, I am all left alone. Then God told him that you are not alone. There are 7,000 more prophets which I have kept for myself. They have never been affected by Jezebel. I have hidden them. Please hear this very well. Is fighting among our prophet. The devil is fighting against old prophets. If he sees that you are growing in the prophetic ministry, he will make sure that the church hates you. He will make sure that even your pastor hates you. He will make sure that you suffer from loneliness. This is not a very nice ministry, but Jeremiah would also testify to that. Hezekiel will also testify to that. That he lived in the midst of people who were more like scorpions. Then God told him that I'm going to make your forehead to be strong. Because the people who were in the midst of they wanted nothing to do with him. Most people do not love this ministry because it reveals things. It reveals deeper things. Good and bad. Which is why when a prophet is about to prophesy, if his prophecy was never fulfilled, the congregation will laugh at him first before the heathens laugh at him. There was a prophet who prophesied and he said that Mugabe will die on the first. I can't remember the other leader Who were the people who were mocking him about this? It was the church. The most tragic thing is this. When we have released the word, when people have repented, you'll be left alone when, when you have not had God saying that I've healed this person. When God is saying that so and so is going to die, if you said it publicly, when God has healed that person supposed to die, you should come back and tell the church that God said that he's going to heal this person. Because when you are a prophet, you need to be connected always. You should not retrieve only the negative things. Like the prophet Isaiah, he told the king Hezekiel, set, set your house and your family in order because you're about to die. And then he left. The man wept. He said, God, can't you remember one thing? Can't you remember one good thing I've done? He was all in tears. He cried. The prophet left. 
When he's uh, about to reach the door, God said, go back. Go back, prophet Isaiah. Go and tell him that I'm going to restore him. We sometimes, we only release the message. Not expecting that the, the recipient will take this matter and take it Sina to the Lord. Aba prophet, prophet, we as prophets, we end up making ourselves as gods. Kanjan. How so? Once you have released the prophecy, you become angry like God. You become angry. Not that God is angry. You'll say you are not living right. You're not living holiness. You will die. Then you leave. The moment you turn your back, this person will cry and humble themselves and repent. You yourself will still have a bad picture. Only to find that this person is repented. When you meet them, you'll be angry at them. You didn't ask God whether they repented or not. When you meet up with them, you don't even want to shake their hands. You are making yourself God. That's the mistake which is done by most prophets. When God is correcting some people, they ordain themselves as God. If that person is who was rebuked by God, if that person repents and says, Lord, please forgive me, I thank you that you have forgiven me. They'll be all happy and married. How can this person be happy when I've just given them such a tragic message? Some they think that God is a fool. Be in connection with God. This person has already repented. The error. One day we are going to elaborate more on the pitfalls done by the prophet. They ordain themselves as God. It's not that they are God, but they speak for God. You must expect somebody to repent from their sins. Once you have told them of their transgression, they'll repent. Once they have repented, they're not going to repent to you. But you must be in connection with the one who has sent you. Then he will tell you that Soren has repented. And he hadn't even asked you to be angry at this individual. Is the church with me? So the devil doesn't like this prophetic ministry at all. If you have this ministry, as it is right now, you feel sorrowfully, you feel loneliness. That's part of the package. You need to know that most people won't like it. If they don't like the ministry that you have, how will they love you then? They will only love you when you are prophesying good things to them. If you tell them that they'll have houses, they'll have cars, everything shall be well with them. But if you tell them to give, when you tell them that God is going to strike them, they don't like that part. No. Our God is a very loving God. Which, which means the, one, the God that you talk about is not the right one. Amen. Amen. I was once amused about the story of Micah. 
there were prophets during the era of Ahab. They came and prophesied. Jehoshaphat asked, should I go to war? The prophet said, yes. God has given you victory. Go and destroy all your enemies. And then Jehoshaphat asked, is there no prophet? I can hear this ones, Is there no more prophets who will tell us the word of the Lord? Then Mikai was presented to God. He came. Then all the prophets have prophesied for Joshua to go to war. So what do you say? This prophet said, yes, God is with you. Go, you will have victory. And then he said, but the vision in, in my dream, when I had a dream, I saw before God, I saw his throne. And then God asked, Who will mislead Jehoshaphat for us? Then the spirit said, It's I, I'm going to lead him astray. The Lord asked, How are you going to lead him astray? said, I'm going to possess his prophet. They will prophesy They will tell him that the Lord is with Go and fight with your enemies. And then the king stood up and said, you have never prophesied This one has never spoken a good thing about him. Put him inside the dungeon. He was uh, beaten up by for speaking the truth. Is the church with me? So most people, they want to be told according to their desires. So when you have the prophetic ministry, you need to make sure that you grow because the devil doesn't like it. He will try by all means to kill you or to destroy you. To destroy everything that is connected with you. You'll be hated even by your family, be hated by your own family, including your friends or even your pastor. Because your pastor will be like, now you are able to see things. Now you are telling me all the visions that you've heard. So the devil doesn't like this ministry as it reveals the will of God Jeremiah for us. Jeremiah 29 says, I know the good, thing, the good plans I have for you. Amen. Then in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, what does the word of God say? It says, whenever we speak in tongues, Chapter 14. 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 24, which reads as follows. Do you see my point? which is why I say the ministry of prophecy the conviction of souls will be so greater the word of God says whenever you speak in tongues and interpret them 
if an unbeliever walks in, you, all of you, you'll prophesy. You will speak what he has in his heart. Then this person will say, indeed, God is in this place. Yes, God is in this place. Why? It's because there is prophecy involved. The doom prophecies, they tend to cause heartache. Because the prophecy is there to build, to comfort, and uh, to console. So now, if you are old, rebuking people, telling them how bad they are, you repent, even the following day, you are sinners, you are not doing good. I'm going to reject you. People, your doom prophecies will cause people to hate you as the vessel. They will be like, we repented though. Even today, you still want us to repent. You want us to repent. Is the church with me? So you need to have an understanding. Is the church with me? Do you understand? So, the devil does not like the prophetic ministry as it reveals his plans and his plots. Uh, in the book of, of 2 Kings, chapter 6, verse 12, it reads as follows. Enye yezingregu zayo yati haingosiam kosi Kodwa uelishum profeti waga Israel. Wea ijeli nkosi yaga Israel amazwi. Owa kulumayo ekamelwe nilako. Naenda. Naenda. This is my point. The king of Aram is asking. He said. Who is a spy for the Israelites? Each time when I'm listening to the king of Israel, knowing well that it was going to pass this way, it won't pass from this direction. Who? Then his servant said, there is no spy. We don't have any spies. But there is Elisha there. He is a prophet of God. That man. He knows your thoughts which you have even in your bedroom. He knows it accurately. Don't fight with us king. What does it mean? It means that you have, if you are able to see all the mysterious things, you know when the king received that knowledge, what did it do? You know what it did? He took an army, said, you must go get that person, bring him back, go out, go out and go and get him. Hey! All the truths, they walked out. They came at midnight. They camped around the area. They surrounded the whole house. When Gehaz walked up in the morning, when he went up to pee, when he opened his eyes, 
He, he went back inside the room running for his <laughs> life. He was very shocked. What is he said, we have been <laughs> so many chariots. What's my when he got inside the house, <laughs> the servant of God was sitting down all relaxed. <laughs> he was seated <laughs> while he was praying. When when Gehaz was about to deliver the bad reports and say that things are really bad. We are going to die. You know what the servant of God did? He stretched his hand. He said, open his eyes, Lord. Open his eyes for him to see how many who are against us than those who are against us. He didn't panic. The servant of God was never moved. He didn't have to go out to confirm how many enemies were there surrounding him. But he sat inside. The young man stood up. When he went out to sow the trees, and he went inside storming the doors. It's very painful for you to come all convinced that things are really bad. When you tell the person, they will be amused. You'll want this person to panic. Then this person will just be seated down and say, what is wrong now? What are you worried about? They'll be like, hey, you, we are dead. The arm is outside. We are definitely dead today. But the man of God said, Lord, please open his eyes. Open his eyes. For him to see those who are with us than those who are with them. Do you know what happened? When the Lord opened his eyes, the prophetic ministry, he reveals deeper things. He reveals all the hidden things. When his eyes were open, he himself was in awe. Those who are with us, Elijah, do you know that those who are with us, then Elijah was like, I'm the one who told you, who made you to see this. You were telling me what you saw about our enemies. Let me tell you this, saints. When the enemy is all armed, you must know that the heavens is seven times older. Because the heavens cannot put you in trouble. It cannot put you in trouble. If you see your enemies all up in arms, you must know that even the heavens are up in arms. It's just that it is waiting for you to respond accordingly. So now we, also, we often respond according to our flesh. When his eyes were open, are you still following me? When his eyes were open, then he was like, there are many with us. Then he walked behind Elijah. They won't do anything to us. Do they know who we have with us? Let me tell you this. This is very important. If you are close to a prophet, you also get the prophet's shade. 
you become able to see the things that he sees. Just that he himself needs to release the word and say, Lord, can you open his eyes? It is why the verse that says, who gives to the prophets, the name of the prophet shall receive the prophet's reward. So the moment you keep yourself in the prophet, you cannot be affected. What happened to Elijah when he walked out? He told the seven, let us go to them. He went to them. Said, all of you, be blind. He's the one who controls the spiritual realm, right? Inside, inside the house, he asked the Lord to, to open up the seven's eyes. But, but when he went out, he said, shut their eyes. It's the power rested upon the prophet. He's able to open. He's able to close. He's able to open. He's able to close. Today you can open your fingers to be blind. And you can also close everything that the devil has done over you. When God told Jeremiah, Jeremiah, look, I've given you power to plant and to uproot, to build, and to destroy. In other words, there is power rested upon the prophet's mouth. There are things which you are able to speak with other people they cannot speak because there is an anointing rested upon you. Do you hear me? You are able to open, also to close. What we bind it on earth, it will be what we release on earth shall be released in heaven too. What we bind here is also bind here. What is released on earth is also released in heaven. Whoever you bless here, they'll be blessed on the other side, which is heaven. It's just that we need to know the power which we have in our mouth. Are you still following me? The devil does not like this prophetic ministry. And what is the capability of this ministry? In the book of Deuteronomy uh, 28 verse 23, God says, God said, I'm going to close up the heavens and turn it into brass. In other words, as a Christian, you may see your life stagnant. You give, but you are not harvesting. You pray, but your prayers are not answered. God said, I'm going to make the sky to be what does it mean? Is there somebody who can be able to plow on brass? No, you cannot. So they are Christian. So I want you to be concerned on why your 
things in your oh life are like this. You shouldn't just take things for granted and say it was the will of God. Because if your answers are not, if your prayers are not answered, it means that your heaven is made of brass. If you have been sowing and yet you are not harvesting, you must know that your ground has been made out of steel. So you need to know how to deal with such a condition. You are a Christian, you are sowing, you are doing things and nothing happens. You need a prophet to tell you that my brother, there is brass over you. And there is also steel underneath. So there is nothing progressive in your life. So now we will be the gift of prophecy which reveals the hidden things on what is that has caused your condition to be like this. Call me, I will answer you and tell you all the deep and hidden things which you do not know. There is somebody whom I'm talking to today. The devil does not like this ministry. This is exactly what is sought by the book of Chronicles. It says, if I close up the heavens and then there's no rain, I want my people to pray. Those who are called by my name, I, I want them to pray. Is the church with me? Let us move forward. The prophetic ministry brings prosperity. Are you still with me? Prophetic ministry brings what is brought by the prophetic ministry it brings prosperity. Do you believe this? I don't know why God blessed this ministry so much. It also brings prosperity. I want us to run. Second Chronicles chapter 20 says believe in God we shall be established. Believe in his prophets you shall prosper. And reads as follows believe in God we shall be established and believe in his prophets, you shall prosper. Do you see my point? Believe in God, you shall be established. But believe in his prophet, you shall prosper. When I believe in his prophet, I will prosper. Do you remember what happened? To Elisha, when he came to this widow's house, he asked for water. Then when the woman went for water, then she, he also asked for food. The woman said, I only have one plate left for us to eat and die with my son. Then the man of God said, please Give it to me first. Pardon me, man of God. Elisha said, yes, you've heard me. Make it for me first. Man of God, are you telling me to give everything to you? The man of God said, you have heard me correctly. And then he looked at the son. 
and then you prepared everything and then you brought this meal before the prophet and the man of God didn't say a word. This woman was sitting all quietly observing his last meal. The prophet ate and ate. Giving is not an easy thing. Because sometimes you give with the last that you have. You will see yourself parting with it. When the prophets of God is eaten, he drank water. And then he compli complimented this woman's meal. He said, your, your meat, dear woman, it was very tasty. When he was done eating, he said, this is the word of the Lord. Where does it come from? Does it come from the meal that you've eaten? This is the word of the Lord. The food will never lack in your house. If there is a famine in Samaria, but food will never run out in your house. Once the, the famine is over in Samaria, then you will run out of food in your house. Thus saith the Lord. The man of God left. It's like, is this true which the prophet has just said keep quiet my boy let us go to so the kitchen we will see the, whether his word is true or not when she when, he, when she opened the wheat was full the wheat even the oil was overflowing everything was in abandon she take two and put it in, in the pot but the state was just the same it was all because of the word of the prophet so now when we believe in the prophet there are things which will happen to us which could have taken us years to happen but once that word has been uttered by the prophet it would happen instantly because when the prophet utters it's totally different from a when the prophet speaks it's the same as if God is speaking. Is the church with me? Let us read in the book of Matthew 10.41. I can feel the power. Verse 41. 10. Book of Matthew 10.41. Okay, I'm there. Do you see what I meant? Who receives the prophet in the name of the prophet will receive the reward. What is a prophet's reward? Who can tell me? What is a prophet's reward? Prosperity. A prophet's reward Prosperity. is prosperity. If I'm off the mark, then it's fine. But you can believe what you want to believe to. But this is what I'm saying. The word of God says, believe in God, you shall be established. But believe in the prophets, you shall prosper. So who receives the prophet in the name of the prophet will receive the reward of the prophet. 
What is a profit reward? It's prosperity. John Whatever he says, do it. The wine, it took about a month to prepare it at that time. You will take it and put it in the wine skin and you will preserve it until it's fully preserved. It will take more than a month. But because of a prophet, Jesus Christ, because of a prophet, Jesus Christ, when Mary told him, he said, whatever he tells you to do, you must do it. And after Jesus after that, Jesus came and told them to fill water. They fill water. And then from there, is the church with me. From there, he told them to take this, uh, these jars to the chief caterer. What happened after that? When the jars reached to the chief caterers, it was wine, no longer water whose business was successful. It was for, for those who were doing so, catering. Because they believe in the prophet. Within a minute, their business flourished. Within a minute, they had one. I remember the prophet putting salt or inside of it because there is something that is rested upon a prophet. When it does something, it, it as if it has been done by God himself. When it says something, it's as though God himself has said it. The prophetic ministry brings prosperity. And the prophetic ministry brings security for your future. Is the church with me? In other words, when we read from the book of Kings, chapter 6, 6, it was said, Elijah spoke, there was so much famine at that time. He prophesied and said, bread will be sold with such a small penny, so likewise with wheat. He said that time will come very shortly. The gatekeeper commented. He said, what you've just said is not going to happen. You must be careful of the things that you say around the prophet. He said, this is not going to happen. Then the prophet turned around and looked at him. Said, you will see it with your eyes with your eyes, but she will never be part of it. When it was, when it, when it was time, it happened. Two men who had leprosy, they were taken there. They took things to their camp. They told the whole Samaria that there is food. Then people ran to the place. When they asked what happened, they said, there is food in, in Syria. And then they trampled upon this man. 
What did the prophet say? In the beginning, he said, you will see it with your eyes, but you won't be part of it. Be careful of the things that you speak around the prophet. Because whatever that he says is not done by him, but it's done by the spirit which is propelling him. Is the church with me? So, ngamanyamazo, the prophetic ministry was to secure the future. So, in other words, the prophetic ministry is able to prophet to secure your future. Be patient; things will come together. You may not be known today, but one day you will be known. Amen. Amen. Is the church with me? Second Kings, chapter seven. Is the church with me? Are you still moving with me? Or do you want to stretch yourselves? We, we are going to go for a break. Verse 7, chapter 7, verse 2. Chapter 7, verse 2. Chapter 7, verse 2. Chapter 7, verse 2. This is exactly what I was talking about. chapter 6. chapter 6. The area that we have occupied has grown smaller. We want to expand it. We, we are in need for your help. We know that the devil is going to challenge us. Even though they didn't put it that way, but I'm paraphrasing it. Can you please go with you? As we are going out there, when they were, the, the, the axe fell, it fell inside the water. And he cried, he said, oh Lord, it was borrowed. It was borrowed. A prophet always has a solution. He took a branch and then he peeled it off nice. He put it inside the water, the branch. It got down deep inside the water and this still floated about. According to my wish, how I wish that all pastors were prophets. Because brethren would have went out to evangelize. They will be attacked there and there, but when they come back, we will sort them out. They will go out and evangelize. When they come back, we will heal them, we will set them free. Then we will also release them once again. Just imagine, just imagine they were walking with the prophet and then a problem happened. A prophet had a solution to their problem. I don't know whether you hear me. So, in other words, if we have this gift of prophecy or, of, or if we have prophets in our midst, our future is bound to be secured. So in quotes of prophecy letter, so the prophetic ministry brings security. I know the very cause which has have made the prophets to be banished from the churches. It's all because of the errors they have made in the past. Some errors which I have highlighted. 
We shouldn't despise prophetic ministry. In the book of 2 Thessalonians, it says we shouldn't despise prophecy, prophesying. We won't read it. Okay. We shouldn't despise prophesying. In Kings 7, 1 Kings chapter 17, we have read it right. Do you remember what it said? He spoke about his prophecy. And then the pro this man opposed the prophecy from the prophets. What happened to this man who contradicted the prophecy? He saw it, but he never became part of it. The words of Jesus are spirit of prophecy. Do you know that, word, that verse? The words coming out of Jesus are spirit of prophecy. Amen. Amen. It's the church with me. These are the other things which I'd like us to focus on before we break. We find them in our books from the first lesson. Our first subject, it says God desires to be in, in fellowship with us. I've already covered these points. Amen. God created in such a way that we are able to communicate with him. And then, then you remember when God has placed Adam and even the Garden of Eden. And then he created a man to be a living soul. And then the devil came. He led them astray. And then a man fell. And then they had enmity between God. When they had enmity between him and God, then a curse came in. Sin separated man from God. Amen. What did sin do? It separated man from God. God desires to be in fellowship with us. God knows each and every one of us and he wants to deal with us as individuals. God he knows us even by name. Isaiah 43 verse 1. In the book of Isaiah 43 verse 1. Is the church with me? We as his children. We have his DNA. Which is in us. Godliness is in us. Godliness is in us. There, there was a scripture when Jesus spoke in the book of John. He said, you have received the word of the Lord. It means that you are God. You are God. It was called Ted by David said, you who have received the word of the Lord, you are God. In other words, you have the DNA of God in you. you are, I am able to create. Another thing that I've considered, in the kingdom of darkness, they use it. They are able to operate 
and command the thunderstorms to strike oh, another person who should be able to control nature. Elijah was a man like us, but he was able to stop the rain. Is the church with me? But the people who are doing all the things that are supposed to be done by us, these things are done by the king, children of darkness. Is the church with me? Do you hear me? So, the people of darkness, they are doing these things. They are able to send out raids to consume all your money. They will send out their zombies. But are you able to take the riches of darkness and bring them back to you? Didn't the Bible say that I'm going to make the riches of darkness to be of my righteous one? Do we own the riches of darkness? But we are just trying to make ends meet. We don't have it. It's because we haven't applied it accordingly. Those who are exploring at the moment they are able to send some poking but are you able to send those poking bags at them the Bible said there is no weapons prepared for us which shall prosper so that scripture needs to work for us the one who digs a hole for me should fall into it what would you do you wake up in the morning you find the warlock standing still what would you do he's just standing all frozen he was trying to bewitch you it's because we don't believe in these things. But workers of darkness are able to use their charms. You'll find yourself walking around all naked. The power which we should be using, we don't use it. Yet the kingdom of darkness is using those powers. Yet as the church, we are busy criticizing one another. While we have the DNA of God in us. I remember once did this, it was uh, and I was preaching. There was an anointing that fell upon me. Then I said today, I want to set free those who are in time when it comes to a thunderstorm. Then I told them that I'm going to cause it to thunder. Have you ever heard a but I found myself saying it then. I don't even know how and when I said it. But the spirit of prophecy lifted upon me. I said I'm going to cause it to thunder. Then I commanded it to thunder. And it roared. And it roared at a distance. Then I declared that I'm calling it to come I did something which I never did. But the spirit of prophecy was upon me to do the impossible. Then I commanded it to come closer. Physically, it was thundering. Those who had fear, they ran all over. Some of them hid under the chairs as it was thundering physically outside. On that day, I received special faith to cause the thunderstorm. If I were to command it right now, I don't know. 
I don't know what happened on God that God day, God. but it happened. We only know that a thunderstorm can only be stirred up by herbalists or by witch doctors. Yet it's written in the Bible that Elijah yeah, was the man I believe that it happened with Elijah, but I do not believe that it can also happen with me. So we need to stir up the power that we have and do things which God wants us to do. Amen. Amen. Is the church with me? I'm not, I'm not going to dwell that much in details because the booklet has the info because of time. Is the church with me? So Adam and Eve God gave them the authority to turn over the Garden of Eden. It should be their heaven on earth. They were allowed to eat just about anything which they liked. Except for one tree. It's amazing, church. That God would give us everything. But then he will tell us not to consume the 10%, which is the only one tree which is in the middle. Imagine 90% is yours, but 10, 10 percent belongs to him. Yet she will eat the 90% plus the 10%. It means that this curiosity, it's human nature. You'll be like, God, if I were to eat your 10%, what will happen? <laughs> You know, in South Africa, the more you go up in your leadership, the more your salary goes up, even your tax goes up. If you earn around about hundreds, you are on a certain bracket. The more you earn around about thousand. 50,000, 50,000 If you earn 50,000 half a million you'll be categorized on a certain bracket in terms of tax. But with God, he has been uh, <laughs> he, he has never changed. It's always been 10%. But how many people are failing on 10%? How many? It has never went up or down, but it has been remaining the same. But what are we doing? Just imagine. You have been told to eat everything. But not to touch that tree. You are given everything, but you have been prohibited to touch this one thing. In other words, if you put laws human being will break it. I had already explained that God was in, in a good fellowship with Adam. The name, the Greek terminology, it means fellowship in English. It appears 20 times in the Bible in Greeks. 
Are you with me? Are you with me? And then God created him and made him a helper. I know that we are all familiar with this story. Then God said, I'm going to make him a helper like him. Who was told not to eat? Who heard the voice of the Lord? It was Adam, right? Did God hear Eve? Who told Eve the mandate? The devil said, I'm not going to challenge Adam because men are stubborn by nature. When you, they will hang on to these things and believe that they will, they will believe to, to non-essential things. Those who worship ancestors, you'll find them saying that, Father, we are now taking a taxi. We are jumping off now. We are in your grave now. By month end, we'll come, we'll go and All this time, you have been seeing the part, but month end, you'll come and guide us. So So when a man holds on to something, he doesn't doubt. A man is not like a, man, a woman. A woman tends to scrutinize. Why do they say this? A man would be like, it has been said. Why they said it? It's, it's none of my business. Am I lying? A man will be able to take somebody who's long dead and believe that they will watch over them. How is he going to see all the criminals? In hospital, he couldn't see his way home. From home to the tomb, he couldn't see his way from the tomb to home. But yet you are telling or asking him to watch over you as a family. Then God, then devil, the devil realized that I'm not, I'm not going to touch Adam, but I'm going to touch his help and say, did God say? I know that they are very talkative. Yes, God said. No, it's because God knows that the moment that you eat, you are going to be like him. When they already like God, brethren, there's a small difference between sorcerers and the prophets. Are you with me? Do you know what's the difference? It's the spirit. A gift which is operating. When the sorcerer is born again, the very same gift will be used in the kingdom of God. The devil has realized that you have a gift of prophecy. So he decided to use it for his advantage. To use it for his kingdom. Are you with me? He realized that you didn't have a gift. Then he decided to change it and use it for his kingdom. So when you repent and coming back to the kingdom of God, your gift will be operating. It's just that the spirit in you has been changed. When you are working for the kingdom of darkness, it was a wicked spirit, but now in the kingdom of God, you are operating under the Holy Spirit. I don't know whether you hear me. 
Adam became a living soul. I've already elaborated on that. But you have it in your books. But there's this part which I was describing. Let us visit our diagram. Just to elaborate a bit about our citizenship. We have it on page six. That a human being is a living soul. Has two citizenships, two worlds. Has, he lives in a spiritual realm and also in a physical realm. For you, you, you live legally on both of these dimensions. This is exactly what I had touched on. And when the enemy came, he came with his skin. He came as a serpent, which leads one astray. Do you know the scripture that says the God of this world is blind with your mind? Which means the devil is, is the God of this world. Which world are we in? And then the devil fell. We know his history used to be Lucifer. I've highlighted it. And then God said, since you didn't have a body as Lucifer, so this one, I'm going to give them a body so when they do things, they do them Because I know that as you are there on earth, you will lead them astray. The devil envied people. Let me tell you, fellow brethren, the devil hates you. He hates believers and non-believers. Non-believers may criticize this, but even so, the devil hates them too. Which is why the devil decided to target Adam and Eve so that he will cause a commotion between them and God. In chapter 3, they died. Eve was, was led astray. She fell into sin. Eve was whose helper. Eve also helped Adam in indulging in sin. The man, the man was supposed to be stronger. Eve was not given a fruit, but she gave a fruit so on that part women are very powerful we can claim that they are weaker vessels yet they are powerful they are able to change things upside down who are those who were busy protesting when, when Mandela was in prison? Who are those who show their behinds for everyone to see? Why do they do that? It's because women are influencers. Most sorcerers out there, they are women. Are you with me? Most witches out there, 
Most prostitutes out there. It seems as if women are excelling. Because even in great offices you find them. Very shortly in South Africa we'll have a president. President. Maybe before the decade we'll be having a female president. Because it seems as if it's their time. So, after they indulge in sin, Adam and Eve, they play the blame game. Then God cursed them. Imagine, the devil is very cunning. He knows that once you indulge in sin, sin will release a curse. Curse is not going to be on you alone, but it will also be upon your offspring and to your grandchildren and to everybody connected to you unless there is one who repents. He is just waiting for you to break the hedge for the serpent to come in. The devil will be like, if I get a chance to strike you, I will strike you. So that what you have in you. I said to myself, why why did the devil mislead Adam and Eve? It's because they had everything in them. We were in them. All the blessings were in Adam and Eve. And when they were cursed, the whole human race was cursed. That's why as you are blessed, everything coming out of you will be blessed too. Because it's part of the package. God put it out clearly. And his word he said to those who rebel against me, I'm going to visit the first, the second, and the third generation. God knows that when you rebel against him and when there's a commotion between you and him, there will be a commotion between so, you and your offspring. So the moment you are blessed, all those who are behind you, are bound to be blessed too. Is the church with me? So the serpent was cursed to then we we were told to to be dominated by sin. They lost their their relationship. Sin it broke the prophetic ministry which is to be in a relationship with God and in communication with God. They lost it utterly. Do you know the scripture that says if the spirit of an adversary rises against you, don't leave your position. But Adam and if they ate sin, then they were taken out of their position. They were taken out of the garden of Eden. They were told to see themselves out and feel the air. Then never again will you set your feet here. In other words, you will no longer be able to communicate with God like you did before. Before you would communicate with God on daily basis. But now, it would become so much work for you to be in fellowship with God. God used to come to you. So now it would be your turn to desire the Lord while you still come. So the relationship was messed up. 
It was messed up entirely. They left their position in the book of Genesis chapter 4. Verse 1 to 11, Cain killed Abel. Verse Genesis 23, chapter 4, 23. Genesis 4, 23 to 24, Lamech killed Abel. So they were killing. Chapter 6. Chapter 6, God said, these people have seen. Let me just destroy them. He called out Noah and his family. He told them to get inside the ark. He destroyed the earth. The devil said, huh? you know what I did to Adam and Eve? I'm going to do it to this family. Because I'm going to destroy and affect everything that you start. You will plant wheat and I'm going to put wheat You will plant wheat Wheat, what, and I'm going to put wheat. When God has destroyed the earth and only the, the eight was left, God started out his own family through Noah. Noah became drunk. One of his sons found him drunk <laughs> and he laughed at his father. <laughs> My father is all naked. This son of his laughed and he called all of his friends to come and see the nakedness of his father. Only to find that he saw the prophet naked. When a prophet speaks, there is bound to be something which will happen. Then after that, they covered his nakedness. His other brothers, they came facing the door. They didn't want to see their father's nakedness. The prophetic ministry is not to uncover other people's shame, but it's to cover their shame so that they will be free. The moment you uncover other people's shame, a curse will fall on you. The Bible says the very same measure that you use against us, the very measure will be used you. I have seen prophets who were mightily used by God. They didn't care less about putting other people's dirty laundries. Only to find that they themselves were not innocent. They were also they were also left out in the open. So you need to know that when God is revealing mysteries unto you, you must know that you have been granted grace. You are just a human being like they. Treat them in the very same manner with which you want to treat them. For the fact that you see mysterious things, it doesn't mean that you are perfect. I have seen other prophets being exposed and they came into destruction. You may enjoy uncovering your brother's shame, but it destroys them. Where else you could have helped them is the church with me? Then his son, Noah's grandson, was cursed by him. Is the church with me? Noah cursed his 
grandson so now we according to history we are categorized as Canaan's children white people are prosperous everything of theirs is running smooth yet as African people we have to pull him down syndrome it all emanated from that curse Nimrod tried to build a strong tower to heaven. He thought that the way he thought that the only way of going to heaven is through a tower. Then God decided that these people are very corrupt. They will end up destroying themselves. Then he decided to confuse their language. Then they were scattered all over the world. Are you still with me? Sin separated us from God. Amen. Then we lost this ministry of being able to communicate with God. I hope that you enjoy the first session. Yeah, so I'm giving you introduction. Introduction, Ganyanum Suga, we prophetic ministry. Because it is very so that you will, we will know where we are going. Sometimes we God has given you, you lose it very. So it's very important to take it seriously. So that you as we have understood ministry of from the beginning. It is not something that started. It is my prayer, this ministry. People to understand that we don't need to be prophets than the prophet ministry. to understand it. Because when you accept that in the name of that, you receive There is a blessing in this ministry. We started from Genesis. But when you look at it, you will find out who read the words of words of this prophecy will be Have you ever read such a scripture that blessed is the one who reads those words of prophecy? Do you know that by you reading the book of Revelation, there is a blessing on its own? Not to mention when you understand it. Anything that has to do with prophesying, there's a blessing that God has commanded on it. To bind and release, that's the thing that is done by sorcerers, witch doctors, and some spiritists. But I often say, I nearly said that the devil is smart, but he's not, but he's cunning. When he realized that his workers, such as the sorcerers and some traditionalists, they don't fit in some areas, then he decided to raise up the spirit of religion. The spirit of religion. And we also need to understand how this religious spirit works, but we shall. I don't want to dwell 
too much now. What we will look at now, we will look at the fact that the prophets are people to are people who have been ordained by God as his spokesmen. And look at all the men and the prophets in the Old Testament. And also look at Jesus Christ as the greatest prophet whom God manifested himself in the flesh. And then, and then we will also focus on Jesus Christ as the second Adam coming to restore everything that was lost. Jesus is also our greatest. Jesus also gave us the greatest advocate who is the Holy Spirit who leads us in all truth. And the prophetic ministry is something which is in the heart of God or in the heart of Jesus Christ. God desires to have a conversation with us. You remember that in the beginning we lost that privilege of having a communication with God. Then God said, because I love to keep in contact with my children, I love talking to my people. So what am I going to do? Let me portray God as a human being. He said to himself, I'm very lonely in heaven. I need somebody who's going to keep company of me. I like conversing with my people. I love telling my people what I have in my mind. And I also love sharing my thoughts about them. So now the problem that we have is that they are all scattered in all the earth. So how am I going to communicate with them? God was busy searching in heaven that how am I going to communicate with my people? Then he said, look, even Noah, I saved him. He also cursed his grandson. It means that the devil is destroying everything that I'm initiating. In chapter 11, we find Nimrod building the Tower of Babel. Then God decided to confuse their language. Recall this. God, whenever he speaks, uses his time. When he also creates something, he uses his time. So these ones that were building the tower using their hands, and then God decided that, you know what, let me just confuse their time. When they were building, they were using their physical strength. But God decided to confuse their language. He didn't say that, let us drain them of their strength. Because God believes on the mark. Even he himself, he created everything, not by physical strength, but by the power of his word. He said, let there be, and it came to be. Everything that came to existence, it came into existence because he spoke it out. That's the very thing that is lacking to us in the church, to believe on the words that we utter witches and warlocks they believe in their words criminals they also believe in their words even sometimes before they argue they will shout so as to cause confusion in your mind if they if they happen not to scream out loud, they will just tell you to sh tell you to shush and take out the gun. But it all lies with speaking. Then God decided to confuse their tongue, and then they scattered in the whole world. 
And then said to himself, what am I going to do now? And then he decided that let me start a new nation. I'm not going to destroy them as I destroy the generation of Noah. God kept quiet and then he chose a man because God chose whomever he wants. He went to a family. In this family, they were worshiping God, the, the family of Terah. He got in there. What's Abraham? And I said, Abraham, Abraham, come out. I am now changing you. I know that your father worshipped the other gods, but I am going to be your God. He took a man who, who was dedicated to other gods because a man is able to hold on to something that is non-essential. So now he wants him to hold on to something that is essential. God is this tendency. He doesn't, doesn't choose lazy people, but he chooses hard-working people or people who are already at work. God has this tendency. He will take somebody who already has a permanent job and then he'll take that person out and lead him to his calling. On a certain day, he took Moses shepherding his Then he told him that there is a responsibility that I have for you. Likewise, Elijah said to Elijah, as you are busy harvesting and flocking With Jesus, he told his disciples, this, follow me, I'll make you fishes of men. It's very often for God to choose even though you might be in a bad position, but it's going to purify you. And then God called Abraham. said, come, I'm going to make you a great nation. Follow me, I'm going to take you to a world you don't know. I want you to believe me. I'm taking you out of your home and I'm taking you to the world which you do not know. Take your wife, birth and your nephew, and all your servants. And then Abraham followed God by faith to be connected with God. That's a prophetic ministry. In other words, he was connected to God and he was dependent on God. When they asked him, where are you going? Abraham said, I'm going to the world which I don't know. Who told you to go there? God told me. Which God are you talking about? It's the God whom I don't even know myself. What did this God say to you? He told me to go to the world which I don't know. Everything that he spoke, he turned him to a fool. Yes, he didn't have a child, but he was told to go to a foreign land. He was told by a foreign God. This God was not part of those idol gods, but it took him worth. He went with him as he was going until they reached Egypt. When they got in Egypt, Abraham, from time to time, you'll find him panicking. I think Sarah was a very beautiful woman. Then Abraham said, Sarah, I urge you, my, my love, let us lie for the sake of people of Egypt. 
If I tell them the truth that you're my wife, they'll kill me. Abraham has forgotten about the God who told him to come out that the very same God is going to protect him. And then Abraham said, Sarah, you are my sister, right? They came in. How are you? You have such a beautiful woman with you. Who is she? Abraham said, she's my sister. Then they were like, she's your sister. Come here, Abraham's sister. Please come. You, Abraham, you will sleep outside and she's going to sleep into my palace. And on that moment, because I'm not going so to die by Sarah will have to bear with me. They slept at night. Then at night, the God of Abraham came. He was beginning to prove himself. He showed up. Hey, you. Who is this woman who is how dare you? Do you know this is the wife of my husband? Do you know that I can nullify you? And this man says, Abraham told me that his wife, you must wake up in the morning and you must pay a fine for the fact that you came closer to his wife. When he woke up in the morning, he said, Abraham, why did you make me a phone? Your God came to me at night. He came into my dreams. He told me that this is your wife. Why are you taking me for a Even though you have taken me for a food, take the camel, take the goats and cow, give him the gold and silver. Give him everything, go. Take your wife and go. I'm sorry, never come back. When he left Egypt, he left Egypt as a wealthy man. Because a prophet is always connected with A mistake made by a prophet tends into prosperity or an opportunity. Do you hear me? Abraham became wealthy. He hasn't done a thing. He started having camels. started having kerkles. Why? It's because God led him to Egypt deliberately. There'll be time where God is going to lead you to a certain place so it's to reach you in one day. You will only have to believe him in following him. Because when God starts something with you, he accomplishes and, and when he starts something with you, you need to believe that he will accomplish it. Because God likes to walk with us and he loves to speak with us. Amen. Is the church with me? God loves having a conversation with us and he desires to walk with us. God will be doing everything by himself. Right from the early ages, God used the man of, of the likes like Abraham. All these men whom we honor so much. Like the likes of Adam. Enoch. Enoch. Noah. Noah. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. 
Moses and all the others, these ones are taken as the forefathers and God used them for us to be able to hear his voice. You know, if there's a man who has an accurate administration, it's God. He knows exactly when something is going to happen and how it will happen and when. Because I'm telling you that in South Africa, we will have a female president. Maybe 10 years will not pass. Having not, by the look of things around the universe, by the look on how things are happening in South Africa, if you look on, on how men behave, starting from Mandela, to Mbegi, to Zuma, to even their deputies, but if you look at all the females, many of them, they are not tainted like men. So they will give them a chance. Why would they give women a chance? I am now speaking led by the spirit of prophecy. I am now using a prophetic eye. We need to have God's eye and pray for something. If you don't pray for something, you will not know more about it. Which is why the Bible said, knock and it shall be open, ask and you shall be given. Seek and you shall find. When I begin to pray for you, then I'll start having visions about you. Then I'll have thoughts concerning you. It's because I have prayed for you. I cannot pray for you and then not receive any information about you. As I am knocking, the door needs to be opened. As I am seeking, I have to find. As I am asking, I have to be answered. So it has to be like that. So another thing, when you pray for somebody, when that person turns around, that person will come to you. It's very rare to pray for somebody whom you want them to be born again and then they'll join another denomination. When Peter was in prison, when he came out, he came out to a place where he was being prayed for. Because prayer can be able to direct direct you. And brothers and there's an anointing which will be there. Are you with me, saints? So our forefathers, they used to reign along with their families and with everything. And then after them, God raised the prophets who were the whistleblowers telling us on what God is saying. The kings, they were ordained. Do you know, before the kings were ordained, at first there were prophets. Before the kings were ordained, they used to be prophets. Like in a case of prophet Samuel, people ended up saying that we just we also want to be like other nations. They said to Samuel, we just want to be like other nations. Tell the Lord that we also want our own king. Then God said, it's fine. I am going to give them a king. They didn't choose their own king, but the king was chosen by God. So starting from there, the kings, a king will have his prophet 
worth. A king will have his prophet next to him. Saul, he was with Samuel. David, David, even though there was Samuel, but he also had, has had his own prophet. And his prophet was Nathan. That was the prophet who was watching over him. So that's why in Zone, which is why in the days that we live in, God, he started by ordaining prophets. Then after that, around the 80s when the prophetic movement started, when we got to the 90s to then an apostolic ministry started to become prominent. An apostolic ministry and a prophetic ministry that an ego and a lion's ministry an eagle, it represents the prophetic ministry. And a lion represents an apostolic ministry. So Paul, he was with Silas. Silas was a prophet. And Paul was an apostle. So it was a prophet and an apostle. Paul and Barnabas, they were both apostles. They couldn't keep up with each other because they were both boom. Do you understand me? Sometimes two bulls cannot keep up with each other. There has to be one who If you were to look at Peter and John, John was quiet and Peter was fold. But the person who was loving and uh, who was courageous, it was John. Are you with me? So if you are both clever, you are bound to be split apart. Which is why Paul and Barnabas ended up splitting apart. Then Paul find himself Silas who was a prophet. And then he went with him. And his journey with him ministry was went well because it was an apostle and a prophet. Because God wants to connect with his people. The prophets took the word of God and they brought it to earth and then they ordained kings and then they led nations if we were to look to the book of to the judges, God would raise a prophet. A prophet will fight and conquer for Israel and then the prophet will sit down. Are you with me? This was something which happened a long time ago. God brought the prophets in bringing his word. And then he used kings in leading his nation. But all of them, they kept on pointing to Jesus Christ. They didn't point it to themselves. Are you with me? So God used the, our forefathers, the patriots, and then he also used the prophets, and then the kings came into the picture, 
And then it was the kings and the prophets working together until the coming of Jesus. It used to be the kings and the prophets. Which is why until Jesus comes back, it would be the apostles and the prophets. Not that it's over with the evangelists. They are still here. Not that there is no space for pastors. Not that the era for teaching is over. But it used to be the prophets and the kings. Which is the apostles and the prophets. They will become more prominent starting from now. Until the second coming of Jesus or rapture. Are you with me? I want to explain it in a simple manner so that we may understand it. So we need to understand all these things. Because we have the fivefold ministry which Jesus is operating with. The prophets is also included there in the fivefold ministry. It's just that an apostle is able to fit in or to touch in on all offices. If it's time for evangelizing, the apostle will evangelize. If it's time for teaching, an apostle will also be able to teach. If it's time for him to become the shepherd, he will also become the shepherd. It's what God has given him. Amen. Amen. An apostle grooms other leaders. He will also plant churches. It's in him. Remember King David conquered his enemies. He started dominating all. He started by the Jewish nation. And he was joined by Benjamin. Then he ended up reigning over the whole of Israel. History repeats itself. So now when we read the Bible, we should read it with an open mind. Our God is predictable. What he did long time ago, he is going to repeat it even now. Are you with me, saints? Are you following me? So all these years, God has been speaking out his word through the prophets and the kings. There's this gift which you have neglected or not aware of. The gift of the scribes. We have, we have never spoke about the gift which was vested upon scribes. It's not all the prophets who are who had the ability to become scribes. Even though God forced all of them to scribe them whatever that they had seen. It's important that when God reveals things to you, you should jot them down so that you will not forget them. For me, the things that I used to see 20 years ago, I would write them down and I can see them come to pass. That alone has kept me going. There was a time when I saw that nothing was happening in my ministry. And I saw that I was running around in circles. But then I would remember all the things that I saw. It made me to go on. I was fighting the good fight of faith and you also use prophecies and fight and say, God said, I'm going to be like this. I'm going to preach in the whole world. 
But today, I preach on radios, I preach on television, in Africa and Europe. Why? It's because I held on, which is why Paul tells Timothy to fight a good fight in prophecy, which is why he said that we shouldn't neglect prophesying, even if somebody can tell you something too great, and which you see it's not feasible, take it, and put it in a deep freezer, and put it inside the oil, one day it will stir up, then you'll go back to the microwave and put it on a microwave and defrost it. And then you will open it and say, what was said? What was said? Then you will record all the things that were said. But if you reject a prophecy, you won't be able to retrieve it on the moment when you need it, when it's time for it to manifest, when it's time for it to manifest, you won't be able to record it. It will be very easy for you to fall inside the dungeon. So it's, it's very important to listen even though you won't receive it. Are you with me? It's important for one to listen. Even though you're not going to receive that prophecy, you must, you must listen. Don't just reject them having not finished. Because you don't know what's going to happen when the picture is full. Do you hear me? So all the books in the Old Testament, they used to be transcribed by prophets. Are you with me? So the prophetic ministry is in the heart of Jesus. Let us read in the book of um, Samuel. Your book has all the info. Samuel chapter 8. Kanji, abantwana baga Israeli bati kusamuel. Unga pezi, uguskalela ku Jehova. Unkulunkulu wetu, ugubasi sindise, esanden sama filiste. That means, ugubalegi, ilokingo nzo pro. Ugushuguti, the prophetic ministry and the ministry of intercession, they are both in the heart of God. Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy 18. Verse um, 15. So, yeah, understand In fact, each and every church has to have a prophet. If a church doesn't have a, pro a prophet, that church is trouble and deep trouble. If there are no prophets in the church, that becomes a huge problem. If a pastor is not a prophet, at least he rather have prophets around him. Because it's dangerous not to have one. If the church goes, walks out blindfold, if the church goes out not hearing anything from God, it becomes very dangerous. The devil worshippers 
do as they please. Even the warlocks, they tend to do as they please. They will curse the church. They will bind the church. Because there's nobody who's able to see. There's nobody who's able to hear. So prophets are able to see danger coming from afar. They're able to see danger that is already inside. And they know exactly how to deal with it. So this ministry is in the heart of God. According to me, I would say like Moses and Paul, how I wish all the saints to prophesy. But they need to be told that when they prophesy, they shouldn't damage the work of the Lord. They should be able to see most of the things concerning my future, I saw them myself. I saw them, I, I'm, I still see things for myself. Which is why I don't panic because I have assurance. I know exactly where I'm going. I know exactly where I am. I know exactly what is taking because place right connected. Because I'm always attentive every now and then. My satellite is, up, is updated now and then. Which is why in the church have raised different prophets. They are able to see things from different angles. Is the church with me? Do you understand? It's important. Genesis 20 in the Maiskombi. So kufunde kakanje. Kepa manje wena. Buyisumfazi wendota. Ngokuba ingum profeti. Ia kukukulege lugubu pile. Umunga mbuyisi ya zugutu ya gufanugufa. Wena nabobonga bako. Yabon? Inkonzo profeti. The prophetic ministry, it brings healing. It is able to reverse On the very first time when I saw somebody's life span, when I, I remember one day, we got into somebody else's house and the Holy Spirit asked me that, why are we here? I, then we told the Holy Spirit that we are here to pray. Then the Holy Spirit said there is only eight days left. And at that time I was there baby in the Lord, yet I was preaching. Then I said, church, the Holy Spirit is asking me why I'm here. Now I'm telling him that we are here to pray. The Holy Spirit is telling me the person whom we are here for has eight days left. And I really messed up. The woman wept so loud. I didn't realize that she was wearing mourning garments. They just buried a man. Now I'm telling them about the eight days. I said, the person whom we are here to pray for is going to die. We pray for that lady. Praying for her, we knew very well that she's going to die. Then I said, dear lady, you have heard what God has said. So at least when you die, you, rather you go to heaven. She popped her eyes out on me. Then I led her to the Lord. And she was sick and then she went to Makandi. And then God did it purposely. When she was at Mahatma Gandhi, she was sharing a word with a fellow 
brethren who was around my neighborhood. A few days after she died, exactly in eight days. Now this fellow brethren was telling me that I was uh, admitted next to a person who told me that there are people who came at his home for prayer. They told me that I only have eight days left. And I said, no, there's no such thing. It's not going to happen. Then this woman said, I now see myself here on I was really sick. So that women, women died around those days. Then this fellow brethren said, you the people who often preach in Newtown. And I was delivering a right message But I said it at a wrong time. I destroyed their hope. I even said, for you to go to heaven, rather repent. Because you are going to die anyway. And I was all excited that God has told me that this person has only eight days to live. The mother of this lady wept. She said, oh my God. I, was ba I buried my husband recently. Now I'm going to bury my daughter. What do you want from me, God? I don't even know what I preached about. The only thing that I spoke about it was the eight days lifespan remaining. And now in, on that family, I just destroyed When I looked at it now, I really destroyed destroyed I just became a prophet of doom. Is the church with me? So the prophetic ministry is able to prevent death in an amazing way. So I want us to focus on these prophets which we have in the 21st century. Church history. And we'll also focus on the church history. And check and focus on all the other past movements and how many were they. Because there were so many denominations that came after the first church. The first church of Jerusalem. When the prophets, when the apostles died, I think it was around 67, 88, then the church scattered all over the earth and it was captured by Romans. When it was captured by Romans, everything became of Romans until the time of nobles. So when they came, this man, when he was asleep at night, he saw the cross in the sky, and then there was a voice. It said, through this sign, you shall conquer. And then he told his armies to create shields that had crosses, and then they went out to warfare. They fought and they conquered. And then this man said, I'm going to change everything to confound to Christianity. Then the church and the state came together and it became one thing. The church was no longer persecuted during the times of, of noble Constantine. So the church was free. It was no longer persecuted. And, and whereas in Jerusalem it was persecuted until the arrival of Constantine, 
For a long time. I think I think 1200. I think till the years of 10 and 1100 AD. So There were things popping out around those ages. Is the church with me? Do you understand me? So I want us to understand. Because when we understand this ministry, we'll be able to know exactly what is happening in this day and age. Uh, in page 28 of your books, we will focus on the church history and uh, the restoration movements. So, there is a diagram which we have on page 30. Around 1500, there was a Protestant movement. It, has, it spoke more about salvation by grace through faith. Do you remember who was prominent during these ages? Martin Luther. It was Martin Luther. They are those who are well acquainted with the church Martin Luther was leading this movement. Which was called the Protestant movement. Which means they were protesting. Do you remember that it was the Roman church which was dominating? Which was led Constantine. by Constantine. Then the church and the state became one thing. Are you walking so with So it became one thing. And then the word of God was compromised. When, when the word of God was compromised, Martin Luther rose up and said, people need to read the Bible and understand that salvation is received by grace. Martin Luther would sit down and interpret the Bible and then go out and preach the following Because the language which was more dominant, it was a Latin language. You must remember that Martin Luther was German. German. So most people spoke German. Those who were educated, they spoke in Latin. So then Martin Luther interpreted the Bible to German. So that people would be able to learn that when you want to be saved, you are saved by grace. The book that he, de he dwelt to, it was the book of Romans. <laughs> so the years there, it was 1600. Then on 1600, the Puritans came. They were emphasizing more about water. Remember that the Catholics, the Romans, <laughs> they believed in their own culture. <laughs> but the Puritans <laughs> told them that you need to dip a person in many water. But no, it doesn't work like that. To a separation of the church and state. 
There on your booklet it says separation of the church Then those who are involved in the Puritan movement, I mean, they said, the church is not supposed to be in state. Because the church have to correct so the state. So now the Puritan movement was so against the state. So they were against the the Catholic the holiness movement and then there was the holiness movement. They, they spoke more about the sanctification of the church that the church has to be sanctified and holy do you hear me? Do you see that this thing goes according to hundreds of years? God takes his own time. Blessed are those who are born in these times where everything is just perfect. During these times, there were men like no, Josephus and Josephus. There were people who were killed and beheaded because of speaking the truth and the word of God. Then they came yeah, at, of, 18, of 1800, I love this part which came with the faith healing movement. A divine healing and a physical body. It was uh, involving divine healing for the physical body. If faith healing movement, if faith healing movement, they started proclaiming in 1800 that a person can be healed by faith. Through Christianity, a person can be delivered from the powers of darkness. Towards the end of 1800, there is a man who's called William from Wesley. So this man, he was working in So when he was working in mine. So he prayed a lot and spoke. Ahamba yotanda the chapel in lunch. He would go and pray in the chapel and then get back to work. One day he would pray and then have companions. Then he started a revival, which was called the Wales revival. Wales revival. So ma. The whole compound was convicted and repented. The Holy Spirit came down and it was he was impacting people. Until we reached the age of 1800. The, the 1900s, the Pentecostal, Pentecostal movement, started, movement. How it started? It started because there was a man who was in Wales, America. and then he went to America. America when he got to America, he Long had the fire of God. 1906. This fire in 1906. We Azusa. In Azusa. There was a street which was called Azusa There was a man who was called Jason. He loved to pray. He got this fire. He also prayed to a point that his prayers they didn't preach that much. In the Pentecostal movement preaching but they will pray. When you come back from work you'll find people praying. 
in the morning when you take a bath for work those who are doing night they were praying 24 7 then a revival which is known as the Azusa Street Revival it broke up in the whole of America then God started sending them out some of them who came from America and of those was somebody from John it was John G. Lake John G. Lake he had the healing and deliverance from South Africa Azusa Street Revival they used to call him whenever he will people will be filled by the power of the Holy Ghost. Because America. It started around 1906 in America. And then John Gile came to South Africa, but I can't remember. But this fire was spread. Out. The people who got they used to wear white garments. They used to call the Zionists. And after that, they called themselves. That is where the apostolic faith mission because America he became like an apostolic of the faith of the mission of faith in Africa. Even those who got saved, they in South Africa they were consumed by this fire of evangelism which is why some of them call them Zionists in faith mission. I, it's, I feel that no, this is powerful. So the fire spread all over. People got convicted. Then there were people faith who mission. were Zionists. They the faith mission in modern terms. But they were used to be called apostolic mission. To bring faith in Africa. Because that was his mission. Do you hear me? Then after that people were healed. They were laid hands. That's when because the others they were led by the Holy Spirit were led by the Spirit and by the Word which is why faith mission call themselves by white then they fell from the spirit they ended up having some church garments some holy water that's how they split it faith mission and 
Then they started prophesying all the beginning one time. In white. Then around the 1950s. There was a movement called the latter rain movement. It included like prophetic presbytery. It included prophetic praise presbytery. And worship. Praise and worship. This is when people will find them worshiping and praising. There will be new songs. That's where the Zion is joined in. Where on earth would you find such music? It's very unique. It takes time for And once you have adapted to it, it takes time for you to take yourself out of it. It's a unique music kind of style. Amen. Is the church with me? So the Pentecostal movement was movement, it spoke about the whole and speaking in tongues. Then Goma 50s. And then around the 50s. That's when we had men like But before then we had the woman Katrin Kuhlman who repented this other woman and I can't remember her sister these are women whom God used so much in America we only know Katrin Kuhlman but they are those who were were ahead of her and they were much more radical then Then around 60s we had the charismatic movement where the teachers were more prominent, like the teachers from Assembles of God, Assembles of God produced more Faith mission produced more evangelists. Most pastors from faith mission by evangelists. That was their mission and their anointing. all over. That's the church that spread and all still over. that anointing is still upon the faith machine right now. Except for minor flows and they are Is the church with me? And then around the 1960s, the truth was restored. 1970s, we spoke about the faith movement where we had faith confession. That is where we had Kenneth Copeland coming in. Kenneth Copeland has a very expensive church. They do everything in cash. They started prophesying and then speaking prosperity. And then in 1980s, a prophetic ministry came into picture. It was walking hand in hand with the power of prophets. From there, the prophetic ministry has been moving forward. As we have, we apostolic. 
as we have entered to an apostolic movement. It's the church so with understand the ministry. So for you to understand the ministry. So you need to know the history on where does it come from and where it's heading to. Because right now I want us to activate. If there are prophets who can't operate, I want them to be shaken off. If there are gifts who are no longer operating, I want dust to be shaken off. It's your time. If you can't see, this is your time to see. There are people who will find them saying that before I got to this, I used to see and hear the word of God. But now, everything is just bad. My brother and sister, you came at a right place. Because this ministry comes very far. It's in the beginning also. And things will move. And we oppose the fake ministry which is opposing the, the prophetic oh, ministry which is the religious spirit Woo. hallelujah amen there is something which is moving there is somebody who is on the move is the church with me in terms of prophecies or combi direction the prophetic ministry Woo. is here to point out direction you know when you look at your hand it's two personal apostles Thumb represent an apostle. A pointing finger has the prophet. The middle finger is for an evangelist. The ring finger is for a pastor. And the baby finger is for a teacher. Which means the teacher who teaches the word of God. And then we have the pastor, the shepherd who is married to the church. They are pastors. They are not gifted in preaching. But they are good in taking care of the church. Some of them, they have made church. When they get to the pulpit, they will just share some stories with the church. The church they are leading is far greater than yours. We are, who are capable of preaching. Amen. Amen. There are people who are like this. It's just that you need to excel in whatever that you're given. Excel in whatever that you're given. So, when Elijah prayed, he told his servant Gehaz to go and check Go and check and tell me what, what you see. If then Gehaz said, I see a cloud. So it's small as a human hand or fist. It's small as a human fist. He said, that's it. Then he said, let us go. Tell the king Ahab to run. Otherwise, the rain is going to see the function of the hand. It means there is a revival of the last days which is about to be released. In other words, there is a greatest revival. 
these areas. We will have on those times to occupy all these venues. There won't be stadiums which you seats. Even if we can build 50,000 seats, we will have to change in slots. Because all the fingers will be operating. All the fingers will be operating. It is my prayer for each and every person to be there. A prophet should shepherd. A teacher should be a teacher. Each and every person must play their role. Because we are where God wants to move. There's a fire how I wish it I am grateful to be born. Lost their teeth, they will receive new teeth instantly. I'm talking about this. Everything will be happening so quick. But before we restore all the lost things, there has to be some repentance. We need to repent. And then there should be deliverance. Curses should be broken, sins to be crushed and to be So that the manifestation of the power of the Holy Ghost should be revealed. You see right now, all these things are to be broken. They are gifts that have to be released, especially the prophetic gifts, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and the spirits of discernment. I can feel the power of prophecy. It is here. Are you with me? Are you with me? All the religious spirit which are standing on our way for you not to grow in this prophetic ministry today. Those strongholds need to be broken or bondages, they have to be broken. As from today, you have to grow. You need to grow. You need to expand. This is just an introduction. I haven't gone deep on this gift. On how they work. On how you grow yourself. How do you desire them? How you get them? Today you'll receive them even though you haven't received full knowledge. Hallelujah. May we all rise, please.